The Rams should absolutely trade for this elite edge rusher. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? Welcome to the episode of Lockdown Rams, your daily podcast covering your Los Angeles Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Lockdown Rams, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, do us a huge favor, join the party, getting close to 12,000 subs. So definitely hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and also drop your mailbag questions. I'm already routing them up for Friday's episode. Might do one on Thursday as well, but any Rams related questions, Drop those down below, and we will feature them on this show. My name is Doug McCain. Friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, 24-7 sports, Dodgers Nation, SI. Now the Rams 4 locked on. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He just finished his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. And on today's episode, should the Rams go out there and trade for this elite edge rusher? Should they draft a local guy to fill that position and the Rams hire more coaches? That's coming up. But first, this episode of Locked On Rams is brought to you by Fandle. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So, Travis, we got some more coaching news to get into. Of course, the big word for Sean McVay was continuity. Well, it feels like it's just nothing but new coaches. Adam Schefter reported this Morning, LA Rams are hiring Iowa State offensive coordinator Nate Shieldhouse. Whose house? Shieldhouse. <laughs> <laughs> they got a don't let Larry there. David hear you say that. Hey, don't let hey Larry be mad about that. He's not gonna like that. But <laughs> the 33, they hired them as their pass game specialist. The 33-year-old Shieldhouse, who played QB at Illinois, generated interest from NFL teams in recent years. And he now makes the move to the NFL to work under Sean McVay. So first thing I want to say, Travis, is just congratulations to Shieldhouse for being a head coach the next two years in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, right. It seems like that is the ultimate fast track. The The way it used to be is you become a position coach in college. You work your way up to coordinator. You get a head coaching job at a smaller college. You move to a larger college. And then maybe you get an NFL job. Now it's just somehow through hook or crook, find your way on Sean McVay's staff and you wind up as a head coach in the NFL. So uh, yeah, congratulations to him and the Sean McVay. It's not even a tree. I don't know, a, a forest, a grove, an orchard. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what we call it, but uh, it's certainly more than a tree. Yeah, and absolutely. Like I was saying a couple weeks ago, I mean, if a couple years ago, if you sold Sean McVay a pair of shoes, you could get a job as an NFL equipment manager the <laughs> next day. But I find it very interesting because, of course, we know Sean McVay. He has his fingerprints all over this offense. Yeah. I think that it's interesting to see the floor influence last year, the Shieldhouse influence this year, potentially. I think it's a situation where he's just looking for some of the biggest, best, bright, up-and-coming minds that can help take this pass game and just do anything they can to help take it to the next level. I mean, it's interesting because he's 33, so his quarterback is a few years older than him, but I'm sure, like you always say on this show, 
if McVay likes it, we love it. Yeah, and, and I still feel that way. I, I do think you're right. I think there's something, I don't know if it's odd or just or peculiar or just kind of one of those things that you just don't see a lot. Maybe it doesn't mean much at all, but when the player is older than the coach, that's always kind of a, a an unusual dynamic. But again, when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, if Sean McVay thinks that it's a good idea, it's very, very likely a good idea. And one of the things that I, I really admire about Sean McVay, and this is not something that uh, is new. This goes back to when he was hired for the very first time, uh, you know, seven seasons ago when the Rams introduced him as a first-time NFL head coach was when he started talking about building a staff, one of the players that he put on his staff was Wade Phillips, who had been around the block a thousand times, who had been a head coach multiple times in the league, who comes from an NFL family, much like Sean McVay. And just he surrounds himself with smart people. He surrounds himself with experience and he's not afraid to hire somebody that can help him. You know, there's a lot of people that don't want to hire anybody that might be able to take their job at some point or might challenge them on an idea that they have. Sean McVay's not like that. He is about challenging himself. He's about finding new innovative ways to do it or somebody that has institutional knowledge on how to do it. Obviously, uh, with Shieldhouse, this is a much younger coach, but somebody that might come in with newer ideas, you know, more contemporary ideas. As weird as that sounds, Sean McVay's kind of an old head around the NFL right now and some new blood in there uh, is nothing but a good idea. And Sean McVay is so secure in his position and so secure in himself and his knowledge of running this football team that he can bring in just about anybody. And I'm going to be excited about it. 100%. I think that he's so secure. Like you said, I think the ego's not there. And at the end of the day, he enjoys kind of developing these young NFL minds and securing their future, whether it be coordinators or head coaches. And I think this is a part of the reinvigorating, the re-energizing process for McVay. And he's just a football junkie too. I mean, if you can impress him with your football knowledge, that goes a long way. And if this guy has been handpicked by Sean McVay, it pretty much tells everything we need to know. I love the fact that he had a pretty damn good college career. He threw for almost almost 9,000 yards in college for Illinois. He was a former four-star recruit. And really what he did with Iowa State in his first year's only year as their offensive coordinator, they averaged 26.2 points per game. Not crazy, but up from 20.2 in 2022. And it was a lot of freshmen that year. And we kind of talked about this with other coaches is how does a fan base react when they lose that coach? And you know, this morning I spent some time listening to Iowa State podcasts and going to Iowa State <laughs> message boards to have no life. They are furious they're extremely upset Good. about this and i mean they're like I, they're, yesterday they're like oh this is the biggest day in iowa state basketball history we're playing number two houston and we get this terrible breaking news and they were so upset about so that has to be something good right yeah sorry cyclone fans your problem <laughs> is not my problem you know that we got the guy is is fine by me upward mobility is part of the american dream and <laughs> working for the los angeles rams is better than working for the iowa state cyclones sorry not sorry Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm happy that he's here. Uh, and, you know, and again, w- with the offense, it's always just kind of, yeah, let's see what it is because you know that Sean McVay is going to be so deeply involved in the offensive, uh, you know, scheming and strategy of this football team that if, if there's a new offensive mind in the room, I'm very excited about it. The defense is the one that's more like, let's wait and see what it is because you're never quite sure. Sean McVay obviously uh, is more oriented towards the offensive side of the ball. But, uh, yep, sorry, Cyclone fans. Better luck in the uh, the Big 12 next year because you're not going to have your guy.
Exactly, exactly. He's the ours now. And by the way, if you want one of those T-shirts, the Who's House Schlee House, <laughs> let me DM me. I'm going to get those printed. I'm going to get the the copyright on that. But coming up in our next segment, could the Rams trade for this elite edge rusher? That's coming up next. Here on Locked On Rams. All right, so I love to go to games. I'm going to take a stab at it and guess that you like to go to games too, right? If you're listening to the Locked on Rams podcast, you like to take in a game. You might like to go to an NFL game, a Major League Baseball game. Maybe you like shows. Game time. The Game Time app. It needs to be on your phone because there's all sorts of stuff going on right here in our hometown, right? There are the NHL. The Major League Baseball is right around the corner. Both NBA teams are cranked up. There's always a million things going on. And maybe you like concerts. Maybe you like comedy, theater events. The Game Time app has you covered with all of this right up to the last minute, including even an hour after the game starts. And with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and, of course, their best price guarantee, Game, game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, and you don't have to stress about how you're going to do it. You've got it covered with the Game Time app. So take the guesswork out of it with that Game Time app. Download it onto your phone, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Here's how you do it. Again, you create an account, you redeem the code Locked On L O C K E D. O-N for $20 off. Download that Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And we are off running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And also a special shout out to those everyday listeners out there. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can be an everyday listener too. Just watch, listen to every show, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, we're going to talk about elite edge rusher, Carolina Panthers, Brian Burns. Just to rewind a little bit, a few seasons ago, the Rams were extremely interested in Burns. They wanted him. He was their guy. Only issue is they had the first round picks, but not for the 2023 year. So if they would have had those picks, maybe they had that 2023 first round pick. Maybe he's already a Ram, but unfortunately, that was going to the Detroit Lions, right? And yeah. uh, you had future picks after that. Now, it looks like they're not even close to a deal between the Panthers and Burns and he's looking for $30 million a year. So it could be a situation where they tag him and trade him and the Rams could be an option. Yeah. The, the, like you said, th this feels like something that the Rams have had interest in for several seasons. Th this is something that or the player, I should say uh, is a player that the Rams have coveted for quite some time. And, you know, now at least for the first time in, in a minute, they have the ability to move. They have the ability to, if they really want to get it done, they can get it done. Carolina is obviously in a, in a totally different place than where the Rams are. The Rams are on the cusp of being competitive for a, a world championship all over again. The Rams are on the cusp of competing for a division championship. They made the playoffs last year kind of out of left field, and everybody expects them to be a lot better. Carolina is in the totally opposite direction that I know we talk about this all the time that, you know, of the 14 teams that make the playoffs, maybe seven come back, maybe seven drop out and seven new ones come in. 
Carolina is not going to be one of the new ones to come in. They're a million miles away from where they need to be. They don't have a first-round draft pick. The Rams do. The Rams have money. The Rams have flexibility. So it feels like if there is a deal to be made, the Rams at least have the capital to get it done. The question is, is that where they want to spend this capital? Now, we've seen them do it before. When they, when they see something they like, they pull the trigger, you know, Jalen Ramsey, Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, even a guy like uh, Dante Fowler a few years ago. When they decide that they want to take a shot at somebody, they can usually go get it done. And Brian Burns is a name that we've heard for a couple of seasons now. So if all of a sudden you turned around and he was here, I wouldn't be shocked. I also wouldn't be surprised if they decided to kind of spread those assets out over more than just one player, even as good as that player might be. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing is that the Rams have expressed interest in this player. And we know that they're willing to go big for a couple positions, edge rusher, cornerback, the premium positions. But the issue here is that Burns is looking for 30 million, right? I mean, Bosa at 34 million AAV. He wants TJ Watt, Miles Garrett type of money, but he hasn't had Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Bosa type of production. But I will say in his defense, He's 25. He's young. Age is on his side, and you could be paying for some potential and the fact that he hasn't peaked yet as a player. So there's that, and these guys don't grow on trees. It's a premium position. The Rams, when it came to pressure for the edge rusher spot, of course, Byron Young, very, very solid rookie season, but is he that elite guy in a year where the Rams are trying to make another Super Bowl run and trying to maximize this window with Stafford, Donald Cup? I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, well, I'd like, you know, I'd like that you bring up his age because I think that's a huge factor in this. I think that this is something that you're not doing for, hey, let's take a shot right now. This is a let's take a shot right now. And we've added another very valuable asset for the foreseeable future. This feels more like a Jalen Ramsey kind of situation than it does a Von Miller situation. And I understand Miller's a little different. Miller was a trade acquisition as opposed to, uh, you know, giving a long-term signing him for, you know, a long-term deal after making a trade the way they did for Ramsey, two first round picks for Ramsey. But it feels more like that where you're going to put him into your defense. You're going to get his best when Aaron Donald is still at his best. That tandem together could be incredibly interesting. And as Aaron Donald, assuming that he is a human being and he starts to fade at some point, I know it's a different position, but it's somebody that could take the mantle of best player on your defense when Aaron Donald may not longer, may not longer know be that, uh, you know, whether that's two years from now, three years from now, or whatever it is, you still have a guy who's on the right side of 30 years old who could step into that role. Totally agree. And the Rams, they had the reset year for moves like this potentially to give themselves flexibility. You got some cap space. You got the first round pick. And if you look at the tag and trade scenario, the Panthers would apply that franchise tag, which ESPN's Jeremy Fowler says, quote, a formality at this point. So that feels like it's inevitable. And then you got the Rams and the Panthers. They negotiate that trade. It goes through. And it's probably going to be for less than two rounders, two first rounders. And the Rams will look to sign that extension, right? Get a deal done. Similar to what we saw with Devontae Adams who was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders for a first and a second round pick. So that definitely the path is there. It just comes down to one. Do you want to invest long-term in this player, in this position? Are there any other options out there, whether it be veterans that you can get as a little bit of a reclamation project on a one-year deal, the Akella Witherspoon types, or are there guys you can draft that you think can grow in this position? So it's really a big decision. It's a major, major investment. 46 since 
I mean, eight sacks less last season in 2023 at a 74.1 PFF grade. I mean, the question I have is, is he truly elite? I think he might be extremely just right on the cusp, but he hasn't proven himself to be like, okay, no brainer elite status. And that's a lot yeah. of money to invest the guy that wants that kind of money. It is. It is for sure. But I, I kind of look at it a little bit differently, which is, is he better than the guy you're likely to draft in the first round this year? The answer is probably yes, right? That that potential to me is interesting, but it doesn't, it's not particularly meaningful, right? That if you're gonna, if you said to me, do you want a guy that you know can perform at a high level in this league, which which Brian Burns can? Or do you want to take a guy that might be as good, maybe might be a little better, but there's also the potential of he's not nearly as good? Give me the sure thing. I always want the guy that's in the league. I always want the guy that's proven it in the league as opposed to a guy that may be better at some point, but there's also a great deal of risk attached to it. And where the Rams are picking in the first round, I think, is where you know you get wild swings. You could get a guy that all of a sudden is like, oh, my gosh, we have unbelievable value. Or you have a – it's a first-round pick, but this guy's not even a starting player on our team. It happens both ways all the time. Always give me the guy that's got a track record in the league. Maybe he's not TJ Watt. Very few guys are. Maybe he's not a Bosa or one of those guys. Very few guys are. But is he good enough to be your second best player on defense? He might be. And all of a sudden, you put him with Donald. You put him with Turner. You'll get some help in that secondary. And all of a sudden, he's in an organization that knows what they're doing. Never underestimate the value of competency. I, I know I know. I use this word all the time. Everydayers will know this, Right. I use the word competent as an incredible compliment. If you are competent, it means you put people in the right decision. The Carolina Panthers are not competent. They are incompetent. Put him in an environment where it works, and he may be even better than we think. Yeah, I know for sure. I mean, you got their owners giving free drinks to fans by like spilling yeah, on right. like, you know, throwing at them. But yeah, no, I think that's the best point right there is that this position, typically you don't see a rookie hit the ground running and have a right. big impact at the edge rusher position in year one. And if the Rams feel like they need to fill that role with something that have an impact right away, he could be that guy. Do you find it interesting though? In 2023, Byron Young, eight sacks, 61 tackles, 19 QB hits, a $1.01 million cap hit. Brian Burns, eight sacks, 50 tackles, 18 QB hits, a 16.01 million dollar cap hit. Of course, you can't put those counting stats. I mean, it's way deeper than that, but I do think it's pretty interesting that Byron Young is really, if it weren't for Kobe Turner and Puka, we'd really be talking about him as having that big successful season. He did have a great season, but he also played next to Aaron Donald and Kobe yeah. Turner. Right. So let's see what happens when you put somebody that maybe has more skill, maybe has just more raw talent in a player like we're talking about, as opposed to somebody who's a rookie who does have some upside. Don't get me wrong. I like Byron Young a lot, but is he that level of player? Is his ceiling as high as Burns? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I, I'm going to take the guy that I think could really explode here. We've already seen it at, a, at an NFL level and putting him with other great players in a competent organization. I get excited about stuff like that. Trust me. He won me over with the Spider-Man sack celebration where he goes down. He does the Spider-Man <laughs> thing. You got to check that out. But there's also another edge rusher that the Rams could draft that the Rams selected oh. in the most recent mock draft. We're going to talk about him. That's coming up next. Got locked on Rams.
All right, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers, right? If you have not signed up yet, if you are a new customer, how about this? You get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Basically, $150 if you win your $5 bet. You cannot beat that. And, of course, you can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with a variety of different choices, right? There are quick bets. There are live same-game parlays, which is way more fun than you even imagine. you got to check that out. There are exclusive props and, of course, a whole lot more. So, Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on for $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you your podcast. Now, Travis, here in the third segment, we're going to continue on with the edge rusher topic today and talk about what the Rams could do in the NFL draft. Because you look at a lot of the mock drafts, the most recent one, a lot of them have the Rams selecting Liatu Latu out of UCLA, edge rusher, big dude. He's a Washington guy too, Washington <laughs> transfer, right? So I'm not going to just go crazy about that. But yeah, look, for someone who's seen pretty much every snap of his last yeah. two years, right. I will say this is someone who his motor, his pass rushing moves. He's someone who has the spin, the swim, and he's someone who can disengage from blockers, and he's just nasty. He's nasty. He's not going to give you the measurables that some of these crazy combine warriors will. Guys like like Chop Robinson out of Penn State, I don't think he's going to hit those away from that standpoint, but he's got the football speed, the football feel, and I think that if he's available and the Rams are intent on finding their edge rusher in this draft, he's definitely a viable option. Well, I I like how you put it because think about where the Rams have excelled in picking guys and the type of players that they have excelled in selecting. And let's just talk about uh, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Why did Cooper Cup fall to the third round? Why did Puka Nakua fall to the very back half, uh, the last pick in the fifth round? It's because of what you just said. It's that those measurable things at the combine, whether it's a 40 time or a shuttle run or or a max bench or whatever that particular measurable is that some teams say, eh, that's not quite what we're looking for in the first round or the second round or whatever it is. So those players drop. Well, the Rams have just feasted on players like that, right? The Rams have done really well on guys that may not be the perfect combine guy, but what they are are exactly what you described, Doug, which are they're good football players. They get they do what you're supposed to do on the football field. They get open. They catch touchdowns. They sack the quarterback. They shake their, their, their blocker, and that's what we're talking about here is a player that maybe isn't a perfect player on, on paper, but a player that when you watch him, it's he's wrecking games over and over and over again. He's in the backfield over and over and over again. And kind of putting this together with what we talked about last segment, this is the question, right? Is this a better player than the guy that you think you might be able to get who's already in the league? That's the question for Sean McVay. That's the question for Les Snead. Is the future better than the present? Is the possible better than the known? And that's what they're trying to weigh. And this is one of the rare times where I think you've got to cover you know, whichever way you go. You want to draft the player? Great. There's a ton of upside there. You want to go get the guy who's already in the league? Also great because we've seen it happen at that level. This is really a, a, just a which flavor of ice cream you like better. 
For sure. And I think with him, it's, he's was insanely productive at UCLA, literally 25 games, 23 and a half sacks. He, like you said, a big time game wrecker question is, can he do it in year one? That's the question for me. They need someone that is going to take AD and Stafford and cup and make it to where, okay, I'm additive. And I'm someone that's going to help us hoist this Lombardi in year one. I'm not looking for someone to, okay, have a solid year one. And then you emerge a couple years down the line, a little bit of a project. I think that he's someone that definitely is a mature player. He's definitely advanced and refined than a lot of players coming out of college. It's not about the raw talent of him. He's polished, but is he going to take it to the next, next level at the, at the NFL level, that's kind of my big question, especially when you have the need for cornerback, especially when there are edge rushers out there that you can get mm-hmm. through free agency. I've been saying on this show for a couple months now, edge rushers, you rarely see them in year one, have an incredible, massive impact. So I would prefer to get a known commodity at the edge rusher spot than maybe draft that cornerback, maybe trade up for a tackle. We're going to talk about that maybe later this week, trade up for a lineman. And I know this is crazy. I mean, it shows you I'm not biased here, right? Okay, I'm not like... I mean, it's tough for me. The UCLA guy, let's just draft sure. them all, right? All 10 sure. of our picks. They don't have 10 draftable players, but <laughs> let's just be honest here. I mean, this is someone who I would love to see in Rams horns, but I'm not sure it makes the most sense this year considering what the Rams goals are. Yeah, may- maybe not. And I understand what you're saying, but if a player is going to have an impact right away, it's playing next to other great players. Yeah, Aaron Donald sure. is a great player. Turner uh, feels like he's certainly a player to watch moving forward. And Byron Young will draw attention, right? That he's going to get a lot of attention as well. So you've already got three guys up front that, uh, you know, opposing offensive coordinators need to deal with. So the rookie may have an opportunity here to get some singles, some one-on-one and, and, and really just let his talent come through. That's potentially very exciting. For sure. Absolutely. And we're going to continue to break these potential draft picks down all off season long. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Of course, you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers at Travis Rogers. And until, until next time, Schlee House, it's Locked On Schlee House. That's going to do it. See you guys. <laughs>